Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We're in the Gospel of Matthew and we've been looking at the king's compassion. And I'll just be honest with you, when you read the Gospels, if you just take time to soak in what Jesus is doing, you, you, can't, be, you can't help but be amazed at who he is and the love that he has and the authority that he has as he reaches out to people and shares with them the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news about himself. But what I think is interesting is is that the Gospels make it very clear that there are really three responses to Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's even true today. Not everybody, to be honest with you, is happy about Jesus. And we should know that, right? We also see that some people who are happy about Jesus and want something from Jesus don't necessarily commit themselves to Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're kind of like, you know, if, if, if I remember one time when, when I was a young college student, I was in Africa, Kenya, East Africa for the summer. I had this big bag of candy, and I'm going through this slum area, and, and I'm kind of giving kids candy. Now, some of them are interested to know what the big white guy wants and to hear, hear the presentation, but some of them were kind of just hanging out because they wanted what? Candy. And as soon as they got their candy, they were gone. You understand? They were gone. And so we see that with people. There's that tendency. There are those who accept, those who are kind of there for the show, and then those who reject. There are three responses. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to look at verses 27 through 34 and talk about and understand that there are three responses to Jesus. Now, here's what I want you to see. Because what we want to do is, first of all, we want to have a we want to have an an understanding concerning humanity. We want to understand humanity. First thing I want you to understand is this. And this is true even here today. Is that not everyone truly believes in Jesus Christ. What we're going to see through these responses is this is that not everybody believes in Jesus Christ. What do you mean by that, George? Well, here's what I want you to understand with me. The Gospels make it very clear that there were a lot of people who followed Jesus, a lot of people who believed that he could do miracles, a lot of people who wanted him to do miracles in their life, but when rubber meets the road, when it push comes to shove and you start seeing what Jesus wants from you, they're at that point, they decide, okay, well, I'm done here. I got what I need. I'm out of here. Really? Is that in the Gospels? Yeah, the Gospel of John makes that very clear. He was preaching, and then all of a sudden his message got kind of to where they couldn't accept, where he was saying things like this, you need to drink my blood and eat my flesh. And they're like, whoa, this guy's wanting a commitment from us. And while there were many, all of a sudden it says many left and few stayed. See, not everyone 
truly believes in Jesus Christ. You can meet people today, and I'll be honest with you folks, there are a lot of people today that believe that Jesus Christ existed. They may even say to you, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But that does not necessarily mean that they truly believe. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just because somebody says that does not mean that they believe that. Here's the second thing I want you to see as we understand humanity. There is a difference between faith and belief in Jesus Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a difference between faith and belief in Jesus Christ. I'm just going to explain that to you. There's a difference between belief and faith. What is it? Faith goes beyond belief. Faith goes to where it is an issue of trust and a conviction concerning something. Belief is just simply, yeah, I believe Jesus existed. But that really has no impact on my life. That has no 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 effect on how I live my life every day. Do, do I believe he existed? Yeah. Do I believe that maybe he could take care of my problem? Maybe not. But faith... Faith goes beyond that because faith, well, we're going to see it as we look at this passage because we're going to see all three responses. See, and you and I need to understand that because here, I'll just be honest with you. It's being evidenced in our country even today. What do you mean? It's interesting to me. Do you know what the fastest growing group of people in America is today? Fastest growing group of people in America. They're usually from the age between 18 and 39. Fastest growing group. Nuns. That's exactly right. What are nuns? Well, it's not Catholic nuns. You haven't seen an influx of Catholic nuns on the street. No, that's not it. The fastest growing group in America today is those who would say they are nothing. They believe nothing. It's not that they are atheists. I don't say it might be, but they, they don't believe. Personally, they, they are not committing themselves to anything. And they believe nothing. That's the fastest growing group in America. It is, it is amazing. And here's what they found is that a lot of them, can I tell you where they came from? You ready for this? Where did this group all of a sudden show up from? Guess where they're coming from? The church. Because notice what their ages are. 18 to 39. What happens at 18, folks? Some of you have turned 18. What happened when you turned 18? Well, I could join the military. No, no, besides that. What happens when you turn 18? I heard it over here. What would you say, big guy? You left home. Or all of a sudden now, I can... How many of you had 18-year-olds and they tell you, I can make my own decisions now? And you're like, well, as long as you're in my house... And I'm paying for your electricity and putting food on your table. You know, have you had those wars? Okay. All right. This is what happens is, is that a lot of them come from church because somewhere along the line, they may have expressed, they believe, but there's a difference between, listen to me, belief and faith. And we're going to see that difference here. So notice with me, let's look together at this passage here. We're just going to look at a few verses we're going to look at eight verses here, and we're going to look at verses 27 through 34. Two amazing things that are happening here that reflect these three groups of people. Notice now, verse 27, chapter 9. 
When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when they had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open. Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. And as they went out, behold, they brought to him a man mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke. And the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never seen like this in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He casts out demons by the ruler of the demons. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to see a couple things here. We're going to see verses 27 through 31. We're going to see faith's response. That's the first group of people. That's the first group of people who respond to Jesus. They respond by faith. We're going to see faith's response. And then in verses 32 through 34, we're going to see the other responses, the other two responses. So let's look at faith's response. It's represented by these two blind men. First of all, what I want you to see about faith is this. Faith recognizes who Jesus Christ is. Faith recognizes who Jesus Christ is. Notice what it says there, verse 27. There were two blind men, and they followed him. So obviously they've got somebody leading them behind Jesus, and they cry out to Jesus, Son of David. Now let me just stop for a moment. I think that's a pretty interesting comment from them, because probably the chances are they didn't know that his genealogy, that probably is not what's sticking out to them, but what's sticking out to them is who Jesus is. See, son of David, you need to understand, in the scripture is a messianic title. It's a title for the Messiah. And so here's these two blind guys. They're being led, they're following Jesus, and they're yelling out, Messiah, son of David, son of David, have mercy on us. What are they doing? They're recognizing who Jesus Christ is. See, that's what faith is. Faith is not just recognizing that he's some sort of historical figure. Faith is not even recognizing that, yes, he died on the cross. But faith is recognizing who he really is. He is the Messiah, the Deliverer. He is the Son of God. He is God. It's recognizing and embracing the reality of who Jesus is. There's no one else like him. He's king of kings, lord of lords. It's recognizing who Jesus Christ is. That's what faith is. So you stop for a moment. A lot of people will say they believe that Jesus and believe in Jesus, but if you were to confront them and say, maybe confront's not a good word. Maybe if you were to ask them and probe a little bit deeper with them and say, okay, do you believe Jesus is God? Then you might hear a hesitancy. Then you might hear a stumbling. Why? Because they believe Jesus existed. They, they, they maybe heard the stories, but for them personally coming to the place where you want them to acknowledge that he is God, that he is the Messiah deliverer, there would be a hesitancy. You know, and what does that hesitancy show? It shows that they don't have faith. 
Maybe they believe, but they don't have faith. They're not willing to commit to him. So faith recognizes who Jesus is. Here's the second thing I want you to see. And again, this is the issue with faith. Look at verse 28. And he said, when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. Here's the second thing I want you to see about the response of faith. Faith is convinced that Jesus is able to do anything. Faith is convinced that Jesus is able to do anything. Do you understand? They're convinced that Jesus can make them see. They're convinced about that. And he says, do you believe? Yes, Lord, make us well. That's faith. You understand? I've, I've, you know, I've used the illustration. I'm, I, I, maybe I should quit using it about the doctor. It's like, I'll use one that everybody recognizes. You go to a mechanic. And he's got on the, you know, he's got, he's got the Pennsylvania shield outside that says he can inspect your vehicle. And you, and you go in and you see all the drawers, and they're usually red, drawers of tools. You know, and every once in a while you see the snap-on truck out front of the, and you know this is a mechanic. And you bring your car in there. If it goes, and you believe the guy can turn a wrench, right? You believe he can turn a wrench. He's got a shield. He can turn a wrench. But do you have faith that he can fix your problem? Do you understand? And some of you, you have faith in your mechanic because that's the mechanic you go to all the time, right? That's the guy you go to all the time because you know, I know I got a problem, but he's going to fix it. But if you don't have faith in him, guess what? You're going somewhere else the next time, right? See, that's the difference between belief and faith. See, you have to come to the place in your life where you believe that Jesus is able to do everything, even if he chooses not to do it. Sometimes he doesn't choose to do it, does he? But he still has the ability to do it. See, that's what faith is. They're convinced about Jesus. Here's what I want you to see. Look at verse 29 through 30. Then he touches their eyes and says to them, According to your faith, let it be. And their eyes were open, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. Here's what I want you to see about the response of faith. Faith puts its trust in Jesus Christ. Faith puts its trust in Jesus Christ. Let me just stop for a moment. I did not say faith puts its trust in what Jesus can do. What I said was, is faith puts its trust in Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a difference. Because some of us, and this is where we get all angry. This is where we get all bent out of shape. This is where we get upset. This is why I think this is the growing number of nuns in our country. Is we believe that God can do anything. Yes, yeah, so we put our trust in Him taking care of this issue or problem or difficulty that we're facing. But maybe it's not God's will for that to happen. So here's what happens. Because He doesn't do it, I get upset. See, that's not faith. Faith is in something else. It's not in the actions of Jesus. It's in Jesus. What do you mean in Jesus? It's in the faith that knows that he's going to take care of me no matter what. That he's going to love me. 
and that he's going to care for me, right? Isn't that what children do with their parents? Right? Isn't that what children do with their parents? And sometimes as a parent, you know what they want. Boy, I hated going to Walmart with the kids. Can we go buy the Legos? How many of you are experiencing that now? Okay. We're just going to go to the grocery side. You know, just going to go to the grocery side. No, we're not going to Rural King. Okay. And because they believe you can do anything, right? See, they believe in you. See, faith is believing in who Jesus is, not just what he can do. Faith puts its trust in Jesus Christ, in the person that he, he has his, our best interest in what is best for us in mind. But I want you to notice there's a couple of other responses. We see this with the incident that happens privately with these two blind men. It says that after they left, somebody else was brought in, a guy who has a demon who can't, who keeps him from speaking, and Jesus deals with that problem. So I want you to notice, look with me, verse 32, And as they went out, behold, they brought to him a man, mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke. And the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never seen like this in Israel. Here's what I want you to see, folks. Some recognize that there's something different about Jesus. Some recognize that. You'd be surprised. You know, as I interact with people in the world, people will say, oh yeah, you know, church is good for some people. Have you ever met somebody who says that? Church is good for some people because some people need church to deal with their problems. Church is good for some people. Do you understand? But then you start delving a little bit deeper and you say, well, what about you? Oh, I'm okay. I don't need that. I'm I'm glad you're working in their life, but I don't need that. See, some recognize that there's something different about Jesus. These people, I mean, here's this guy. He can't speak. Everybody knows he's mute. He's demon-possessed. Jesus comes in, deals with the demon, and immediately he's able to speak, and everybody says, wow, we haven't seen anything like this in Israel before. This is amazing. But it doesn't go any further. They're amazed, but it doesn't go any further. In fact, here's my next point. I want you to see this. Amazement is not the same thing as commitment. Simply being amazed about Jesus, simply being intrigued about Jesus, simply just getting on the Jesus bandwagon for a moment because, hey, it's wonderful, isn't it great what the church is doing, what he's doing? doesn't mean that they're making a commitment. Sometimes we think it's the same thing. It's not. Because here's the problem with people who are, who are only here for the show. Is that when life happens and difficulties come, and let me just stop for a moment, they will come. Do everybody recognize that? Stuff happens. Health issues arise. Financial difficulties come. Bills happen out of nowhere. That's life. 
You say, I've got a better story, George. Okay, we're not going to share it right now, okay? All right? But that's life. Now, let me tell you something. When those things happen, and you do have better stories, you have more horrible stories. If all that is attracting you is an amazement of Jesus, when that stuff happens, he's no longer amazing. Do you understand what I'm saying? He is no longer amazing, and you may walk away. I'm just being honest with you. You may walk away. Because what attracted you no longer is attracting you. Because you maybe have a wrong concept of him. And, and, and that's reality. See, amazement is not the same thing as commitment. And, and, and how do I know that? Because the very same people who are amazed and, wow, nothing's been like this, just a short time later, who do you want? Barabbas, what shall I do with this guy? Crucify him. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you got the response of faith and you got the response of being attracted for the moment. But then there's another response. Notice with me, verse 34, but the Pharisee said he casts out demons by the ruler of the demons. Here's the final group. I want you to see the final response. Some don't believe and try to support their denial of him. The Pharisees, I mean, you've got to think about it. I mean, they're watching the same things. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're watching him heal people. They're watching people who are blind seeing They're watching people who are demon-possessed, who are mute, being able to speak again. They're watching people who are lame walk. They're watching the dead rise from the grave. Now, let me just stop for a moment. Would you say that's pretty amazing? But they don't believe it. In fact, here's what they do. They just don't say, oh, I don't believe that. I don't know. They go one step further and say, well, this is the reason why that's happening. It's demons. It's evil. Some just don't want to believe. You need to understand that. Some just don't want to believe. Actually, there's a lot who just don't want to believe. So, okay, George, what's all this going to? What's Mark's... Matthew's purpose here with this. Well, let me let me just kind of give you some questions to digest. Because really, the, the point of all Scripture is not just to show you what's going on with the life of Jesus, but it's also to confront you with yourself. With where are you at? So let me ask you this question. First one, right off the top, and you don't need to shout this answer out. Please don't shout the answer out. This is you in your own heart. What is your response to Jesus Christ? See, there's three responses. 
I believe. You are the Messiah. You're the Son of God. I put my trust in you. That's one response. But there's the other one. Oh, yeah, I'm attracted to him. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? And there's some benefits. Wow. Till life happens. And then there's the other. And it may be that you're here and you're here because somebody brought you here. You just don't believe. You just don't believe. And you're trying to prove why it doesn't exist. That's okay. That's okay. But you've got to be honest with yourself. See, that's where it begins. It's got to be, it's got to begin with you being honest with yourself. And the, and you've got to be honest with yourself. How are you responding to Jesus Christ? Period. Where are you at with Jesus? See, that's what all life's about. Can I be honest with you? One day when you stand before God, and let me just go ahead and say this right now to you. You will stand before God. Whether you believe that or not, you will stand before God. It is accounted unto man once to die and then what? The judgment. You will stand before him. And the question is going to be raised, how did you respond to to Jesus Christ in your life? That's the question. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Do you truly embrace who he is? Do you truly embrace who he is? Do you truly, I mean, is it just Jesus? Is something you've always been told? Maybe in your mind you've reduced him down to a fairy tale or a myth like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and Jack Frost and the, the you know, whatever, you know all the other characters are, or do you really believe this is the Messiah, the Deliverer, the Son of God? God! Do you embrace Him? See, that's the next question you've got to wrestle with. So here's what we need to do. Here, here's our, here, here's our, our uh, action point for all of us here. Whether you are, no matter which group of responses you're in, here's what I want you to pray. Ask the res- the Spirit to help you to respond to Jesus Christ in faith. Ask the Spirit to help you to respond to Jesus Christ in faith. Here's what he'll do. See, if you're sincere, I believe this with all of my heart. If you're sincere and you go to him and you say, Lord, Help me with my faith. Help me. Maybe I'm just attracted to you, but I want it to be deeper than that. Or maybe I don't believe. But if you go in sincerity and you ask the Spirit, Hello, Spirit, help me to embrace Jesus in faith. Here's what he's going to do. He is going to... He's going to show you Jesus. Now listen, let me just stop for a moment. It isn't going to be a hologram image. Oh, there's Jesus. No, no. He's going to show you Jesus' love and work in your life. He's going to open your mind to see, yes, Jesus is real. He's going to open your heart to see, yes, Jesus is real. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus is aware of what's going on in my life. Yes, Jesus cares for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's going to increase. He's going to make it go beyond just simple belief in Him to where you become convinced about Him, to where you become to the place where you would be trusting in Him. Do you understand what I'm saying? With the issues that you're facing. But you've got to ask Him. Take me deeper, Lord. Take me deeper. 
I pray that you would ask him that. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.